This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 12th of October. In your Squiz today, 20 years since terror came to Bali, allies rally around Ukraine, revving up for an electric ute, and a reason to put your kilt on. This is your Squiz today. Claire, it's been 20 years to the day since the deadly Bali terror attacks that killed 202 people, including 88 Australians. And today, family and friends of the victims, along with survivors and first responders, will gather at Parliament House in Canberra and the Australian Consulate in Bali to commemorate the anniversary. Yeah, and Prime Minister Anthony Albanese will be at a memorial service at Sydney's Coogee Beach to remember six locals who were on an end-of-season footy trip who lost their lives in that attack. Uh, Back in 2002, it was a Saturday night when two bombs went off in Kuda, which is one of Bali's popular beach and resort areas. Uh, A suicide bomber detonated a bomb inside Paddy's Bar and then a second explosion followed across the road uh, with a homemade bomb in a parked vehicle and that was outside the Sari Club. Uh, Southeast Asian Militant Network Jamar Islamiya, which has links to Al-Qaeda, was found to be behind it. Given two decades has passed since the attack, much of today's commemorations will include reflections on what's happened since then. Some survivors have talked about things getting easier with time, while others are still very much grieving the loss of loved ones. And it's also a time to reflect on where we stand with terrorism in our region today. Yeah, so a couple of quick things on that. Uh, Since the Taliban took control of Afghanistan, analysts have flagged concerns about a resurgence of extremism in the region, including in Indonesia, uh, which of course is the world's most populous Muslim country. Uh, One thing that's reassuring is that Aussie officials say that counter-terrorism efforts remain high in Indonesia. Uh, And another talking point today will be the imminent release from prison of the bomb maker behind behind the Bali attack, and that's Umar Patek. Uh, He was sentenced to 20 years in jail, but he's expected to be freed soon after serving 11 years. Yes, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has previously said his release will, quote, add to the distress and trauma suffered by those affected by the terror attack. And Claire, there's a lot more to say on this. So before we finish on it, you and Kate have done an excellent shortcut on the topic this week and it's out today. Even if you've lived through those times, it's a good account of what happened, uh, how Australia responded and what it meant for our relationship with Indonesia longer term. Yeah, good one. And it's out a day early to coincide with this anniversary. So you can find that in your podcast app this morning. Yesterday, Claire, we spoke about Russia's deadly airstrikes right across Ukraine, which Russian President Vladimir Putin said was revenge for the bombing of his bridge linking Russia to the annexed Crimea region. But Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky remains resolute and says Ukraine will bolster its armed forces to, quote, make the battlefield more painful for the enemy. 
Yeah, and helping that effort is United States President Joe Biden, who says that America will chip in with more funds for Ukraine's defence, and that also includes promised missile defence systems, which will start arriving in Ukraine in the coming couple of months. Uh, Meanwhile, tensions are rising between Ukraine and Belarus. Uh, They are a neighbour, and Belarus is a staunch ally of Russia. Its president, Alexander Lukashenko, uh, has claimed without evidence that Ukraine is planning attack on his country. Despite the threat, analysts remain sceptical that Belarus would actually send in their troops, with one of Zelensky's advisers also posting on Twitter that he doesn't believe an invasion from Belarus is imminent. Coming home, Claire, and telecommunications giant Optus will be subject to two new investigations over the massive data hack that saw 9.8 million Aussies' private information leaked. The hits keep on coming for Optus uh, in the fallout over that data breach and the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner is on the case. Uh, It will investigate Optus's handling of its customers' data, uh, including whether they took what they say is reasonable steps to prevent that breach. Uh, And the Australian Communications Media Authority, which is known as ACMA, uh, will look into whether Optus failed in its duty to protect customers' data. ACMA's findings will be made public, but neither of the watchdogs have indicated how long their inquiries will take. So this problem isn't going away for Optus or the customers anytime soon. Claire, electric and hybrid cars are becoming a more common sight on our roads, and now tradies can get in on the EV action, with the first batch of fully electric utes set to go on sale in Oz next month. Struth, an EV ute. (laughs) (laughs) Next, there's going to have to be an EV category at the Denny Ute Muster, and I don't know how that's going to go down. But anyway, uh, the first electric ute is set to go on sale. It's an LDV EV T60. LDV are a manufacturer that are based in England. They were formerly known as Leyland uh, and they focused on vans and commercial vehicles. Uh, The model has already landed in New Zealand where they're selling for $79,990. So it's not going to be cheap, that's for sure. No, and not one to be outdone. Tesla boss Elon Musk has also announced that the company has started production on its first semi-trailer with PepsiCo set to take delivery of the first eco-trucks by the end of this year. Claire, they say it takes a village to raise a child, but it apparently also takes a village to get kids off their devices. And one community in Western India has revealed it's, some might say, extreme approach to digital detoxing. (laughs) Yeah. So this is in the village of Vatagoan, and locals decided to act on concerns about the amount of time that their children were spending on screens. It's, of course, a problem that many uh, recognise and it's a problem that worsened during the pandemic. So there's a ban on the devices of all 3,000 residents being used between 7 and 8.30pm. There was initial reluctance, they say, but the consensus generally is that it's brought positive change to their community and that includes spending more quality family time. It sounds like every parent's dream, but it seems unlikely that Oz will adopt a similar move, so families might have to consider relocating to India. (laughs) It's a bit extreme. 
Claire, I don't know if you're a fan of Outlander like I am, but one of Scotland's oldest clans finally has a new chieftain after a 340-year delay. Yeah, I never got into that show, but I am a big fan of a man in a kilt, so (laughs) I totally understand where you might be coming from. (laughs) And this clan's last chief was John Buchanan. Uh, He died in 1681 without a male heir, but there's been an extensive genealogical search uh, and it's identified his replacement and drumroll... His name is John Buchanan. Jeez, you think they might have rustled up a Buchanan woman in all that time? (laughs) (laughs) It seems the clans certainly aren't subject to diversity targets. I wonder if they could have just looked up a John Buchanan on Facebook or in the phone book. (laughs) Might have saved them a bit of time. Yeah, John Buchanan wasn't far away. Squiz the day, Claire, and of course today it's all about commemorating the 20th anniversary of the Bali bombings. The major memorial service at Parliament House in Canberra will start at 10am this morning, uh, of course, for that Bali bombing commemoration. So that's one to keep an eye on. Yes, it's a really important day in Australia's history and, of course, for Indonesia as well. So there'll be many events taking place here and overseas. That's it from us today. Have a good one and we will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.